0: Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet, and playwright Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host.
1: Welcome back to Strength to be Human. This is your host, uh, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet and playwright. We have another wonderful interview segment. As you already know, it's, it's a complicated thing to get these things done. And, of course, in the COVID age, it, it's, even, it's even worse. But sometimes I have some blessings, like our, our next uh, guest over here, Stephen Lang. Uh, he, he's a poet. Uh, he is a, a, what you would call an educator, administrator, or like we call in America, a, a principal uh, a Scottish fellow, but he's over in El Salvador doing his assignment there. Uh, he's a published uh, a writer uh, as a poet uh, over in uh, Grand Little Things, uh, Indian periodical, uh Aero Chart, My, uh, my Magazine and well. I'm sure many others because I think he's on the roll lately, getting published all over the place. Thank you very much for joining us there, Stephen.
0: Thanks very much. It's lovely to be here. I'm flattered to be invited. How are you?
1: Very good there. I'm I'm excited to have you. I'm always excited to have somebody new, so I don't know how cliche they might sound, but it's also the truth, too. I'm always excited to have somebody new, because you never know what new ground you're going to break and what new things you're going to discover from people. Not to mention, I haven't had anybody from Scotland before, so that's also a, a wonderful thing, you know? Other than Star Trek, I don't get to hear too many Scottish people, so it's exciting.
0: Well, it's God's own country. The the only thing I can I have to apologise for then is that I don't have a Scottish accent because um, I've I've lived abroad for so much of my life that I've that I've lost it over time, which is a little a little shameful really. It comes back when I go back to Scotland, but um, for the moment you've got this kind of post-colonial mishmash, whatever it is.
1: Hey, I can relate. Okay, I'm living in Georgia over here for 10 years, and uh, I'm from New Jersey. So people expected me to sound uh, more Italian and more New Jersey than I actually do. So I don't know if maybe something has been degraded over time, or 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 maybe uh, I'm just because I'm, I'm doing so much uh, vocal things these days that I'm, I'm probably a little bit more self-conscious. You know, I, before I got this show, that was one of the first things they told me: Are you sure you want to do a literary show when you sound like you're from New Jersey? I'm like, yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't you don't sound like you're from Savannah. I don't I don't um. Pretend to be any kind of expert on American accents, but that much I do know.
1: Oh yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely not. In fact, I, I think they probably sound more classy than I do. But that's fine because in in the end, I, I preach that you have to be who you are, and as long as you could do that, you, you're going to get to the day. Good advice. All right, so what do we want uh, to we want to talk about over here? I, I know that you're uh, one of the fellows that I, I deal with a lot. That seems to be and I don't mean this in a malicious way, but it seems to be really addicted to sonnets. <laughs> you don't get too many people these days that are into that. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, because, uh, of course, I think it's important that you do it well, and you do. But nevertheless, why are you so fascinated with those? Yeah,
0: that's uh, I'm not sure I know the answer, in truth. <laughs> uh, it's not like I... Um, I mean, I, I have a variety of uh, poetic heroes, and some of them... The poetic form of course much better than i do but um i i love the way uh, a sonnet fits on a page you know it just seems to center a page there's enough um space around it um i i love that um i love the the volta the idea of a, a poem that takes off in one direction and then around you know line eight or nine can maybe uh, shoot off in a, in, in a surprising or different direction or, or have some sort of turn or a difference in it. I think that's a great tool uh, for a poet to be able to keep your reader on, on their toes. I love that you can do anything with it. You know, um, Some of mine are, are quite formal uh, rhyming sonnets. Uh, I just I just finished one, actually, uh, about Satan, would you believe, which, um, which has quite a clear A-B-B-A uh, a- a- B- B- a rhyme scheme to it, but a lot of mine rhyme um, I think it's, a, I think it's um, a great discipline to try to say something hopefully meaningful or that might touch people in only 14 lines you know it's, it's concise enough to be a, a, a great discipline for the poet but is enough space to be able to explore something you know in some depth um, so yeah it, it's bizarre some, in, in many occasions I start off not intending to write a sonnet, and then the thing kind of turns into a sonnet on me. I'm sure it must be my subconscious that's actually at work in doing that. Um, The worst thing is when it turns into a rhyming sonnet, because that means I've got another two days of work ahead (laughs) to try to make the thing, to try to polish the thing and make all the rhymes. Um, So, yeah, it, it is a bit of a disease with me, I'm afraid.
1: Well, I, I I see I see the attraction in some people because I I agree with you uh, from a writer's standpoint that if you're going to adopt any kind of a classical form, uh, that will probably be the best one to to get some 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 modern uh, you know take out of it, and you can actually have some room to do things where there are others you you simply can't. I mean, if you think about it, just Think about a haiku and how, how, how finite and and limited you are in, in so many ways. In fact, I just had this guy, he sent me some haiku, and it was like, I don't know, like from the the hippie 60s or something. And I'm like, I don't even know if you can get away with this in a haiku. It, it is so restricted in so many ways. So you're right, a sonnet you could do a, a lot more work with. And you're one of the few people that are, that are doing anything. I only know of one other person. In fact, he's writing an entire book on it, doing everything in sonnet. So I, I published one of his I liked it, but um, I reminded him that, um, you know, from a publishing standpoint, it would be better to have names for the titles rather than, you know, Sonic Number One and Sonic Number Two, because you know that uh, that, that uh, gets uh, yeah. old. But other than that, <laughs> it, it it was it was I wonderful. Wrote
0: few, yeah, I write a few haiku as, as well. I, I must admit that um, before I started writing this most recent series, I was a bit. I was a bit snooty about haikus, as if they weren't really proper poems. But my goodness, when you when you set yourself the challenge of writing a few, I I, I decided to write a, a little mini series from my veranda. I, I got ten of them in the end. Boy, they, are, um, they they are they they are a challenge to write, aren't they? Certainly to write a good one in in 17 syllables. And uh, and I am a bit conservative by nature, I must admit, Mark. So. I, I, you know, if I write a sonnet, I, I do strict, stick fairly, um, fairly closely to the general guidelines and structures. And I, I do like a haiku that's a strict five-seven-five, and um, that's just m- me and my, uh, maybe my Catholic upbringing. <laughs> I don't know something about that.
1: Oh, I, I it makes sense to me. And I, I ask people in certain in certain instances that they they have to have some version of respect for the form they're using. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm an artist like everybody else. You don't mind pushing the envelope now and then. You you don't mind doing a little experimentation. But some things you can't do. I mean, I'm reading a haiku about Coca-Cola and pot. This is not working for me. And anybody else is reading it. It's not going to work for them either. So you could call it being a prude or conservative or whatever. But in the end, it doesn't work for the form. That's what I had to tell the person. It doesn't work for that way. I mean, without trying to sound like a jerk, the samurai... They had to train people to do haikus they'd say when the hell am i going to use this sword and he's like just hit the hell down and get this haiku done because if you can't do this you're not using a damn sword so that, that's how serious they took it so if they're taking it that seriously show a little bit more
0: respect <laughs> yeah of course you you're you like um concision in your, you with this concrete minimalism of approach that you have but that you're applying that more to a, a, a kind of a, a prose medium right
1: yeah it, it's it's mostly for the short fiction and i i i, I pretty much had to innovate or invent that the version of it mainly because you know i i discovered early on, on on certain forms of writing that if i didn't figure out a way for me to get inside the house then i wouldn't be able to join the party you know and, and, and like the russians say uh, if you have a, a house with one door and six windows you have seven entrances but if you're a closed-minded person, you're like, I only got one entrance, the door's locked, and we go home. So it's the same way with writing sometimes. You can't sometimes figure out, maybe because of your level of talent or even your, your level of concentration, how maybe you can mimic what somebody else is doing and then convert it into your own. You might have to just make something completely your own in order to be able to join the party. And that's what I had to do.
0: All right, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I took the more conventional uh, route, I suppose. I mean, not all of my work is sonnets by any by any means, and um, I, I like to think that I spread myself over a, a variety of styles. But honestly, even in my work as a, uh, as a, a school principal, yeah, ha- I have to give speeches and and uh, and do various um, writing tasks as well, and I tend towards concision as well. I, well, Shakespeare said, "Brevity is the soul of wit," and I I think there were few uh, few wiser um, um, sayings than that.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's always funny when I hear him say that, and then it's like ironic because I'm like, really? You you wrote some of the longest plays on earth, but you're talking about brevity. <laughs> thanks, thanks, <there>, Shaky. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hamlet holds all of the records. If you ever get if you ever get a question in a quiz about uh, about Shakespeare, you know, anything you like to do with uh, length or, uh, or or and it holds all the records. Trust me. If in doubt, guess for Hamlet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm told that they, they sent this on a gold disc on a spaceship that's going out of our galaxy, so that maybe aliens can see something about our, our, our civilization. So when aliens start trying to read Hamlet, they're gonna go, uh, I, I don't want to visit those people. It's just too long. They're probably boring, and they're never gonna visit us, probably. Thanks.
0: <laughs> so it's, it's a security measure. But you <laughs> it, can send your own, send your own name out now, can't you? Buy uh, the, the right to send your own name into space or something.
1: Yeah, and, and you can name your a, a crater after your, your son or something. But, you know, once some people go up there one day and commercialize everything, I don't think they're going to really obey the rights of anything we're doing down here.
0: <laughs> no, no, I think you're probably right about that.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, but when they have the Burger King on the crater, I want my royalty, but I'm probably never going to get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, don't hold your breath. So, so where do you find time to do to do any writing in between all of the, the this other stuff that you you know you got the magazine you got you got this I I see you on various various uh, other Facebook pages. Yeah, like I have that, a right?
1: weekly yeah. column and yeah, I do my own writing as well. Well, it, it, it's like anything. Uh, it's been 37 years now, so and I've written in all sorts of different forms. So you eventually figure out over time, and this is what I always preach to writers with the show, is to try to figure out. Over time, your own creative shorthands. So, therefore, with, with notes and other things, you can maximize the time that you might have available, whatever that might be per day, to get something creative done. It might not be all in that day or even in that week, but at least you're on that road and you can produce multiple works over time when you learn to do something like that. Otherwise, you're going to be a very frustrated fellow because, you know, I, as an older person, um, I, it's pretty complicated. I'm retired and at work. I have a, a younger school-age family for somebody my age in America. Trust me, it's practically unheard of. You know, I have a, I have a I have a younger wife. I do all these other things as well, and uh, and I still write. And I consider all of this to be a, a full-time task, and I consider it all to be an important priority to my life. But it's all about priority and, and, and juggling. And sometimes the family might come first in some instances. Other times I gotta hey wait a moment. I gotta finish this writing up. Sometimes I'm doing the show. Sometimes not. So. You know, it's like anything. If you feel it's important, you're going to make it happen. If you don't, it's going to eventually leave you.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've certainly learned. I mean, um, I'm on a, a reasonably creative streak for me at the moment. This is all quite, um, quite recent, although I did publish a, a collection in 2016. Um, but there was a hiatus in between. Um, but I, I've I've learned one or two sort of tricks to because you just aim for inspiration to come uh, that's certainly not me I'm, I'm not a tremendous creative thinker right? I have to be more proactive so um, I mean for example I, I hope I'm well I, I know I'm not giving away any secrets if you if you see me read my poetry on Facebook one thing I'll, I'll do from time to time is I go to the um, Wikipedia list of famous anniversaries page which I, I highly recommend to anybody, it's absolutely fascinating, and it will tell you about um, that took place on this day throughout history, famous people who were born on that day and famous people who died on that day, and I've got, I would say I've got a good you know, four or five poems out of that, um, and um, you know, that, that saved a lot of um, sitting around in the garden staring into space and hoping to be struck by a bolt of lightning.
1: Yeah, I preach against that a lot, so I, I definitely uh, agree with you. In fact, my my entire creative philosophy is notes. Take notes. Take more notes. That's that's really what I, how I do things. And I tell people it's one of the better ways to be proactive because you're gonna have days where you're not gonna write anything that would be inspirational even useful. But your notes they can kick into something the next day. You'd be shocked, and you're like, what? And then now that's now that made sense. So I to me, I find them to be very helpful. And other people who I've tried to inspire find them useful as
0: well. Yeah, I I, I had an experience like that recently actually. Um, on pushback. I was, I was sitting out on the veranda and I, I guess I'd had a couple of glasses of beer. Maybe there was some jazz on and I was in in quite a uh, you know a, a nice kind of space. And and I had a moment of well, let's not say inspiration, but I thought about something that might be worth um you know, a thread that might be worth pulling on. And I did exactly that. I made myself a few notes. I think it was only like three or four words. And, you know, I didn't go back to it for about a week. But when I went went back to it, I I was able to put put myself back in that space and and find that thread again. And then I got a nice little, um, well, sonnet (laughs) out out of it. Um, So I, I agree with what you're saying.
1: It really, it really works. I can't even come up with a practical idea when someone asks me about what's going to be useful for them to to retain what's going on. Uh, notes. It, it's really that, that simple because we we keep fooling ourselves with all these concepts about love is fleeting. No, bonehead. Love is not fleeting. Memory is fleeting. That's why you need notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I you know, I don't, um, I don't judge my notes. I, I do it more like a brainstorm. I, I know that I might know that what I'm writing down here in my notes is is rubbish. I'll probably never use it, but I write it down anyway. I, I let the um, the kind of editing and selection process take place at a later time. Um, just just get it down. There's no harm, right? No harm, no foul. There,
1: there, there really isn't because I always feel that all note taking really is. It's almost like just like a a practice for something else that might be more creative later. You know, it could give you little clues. It helps, I, I think, unlock things that we have in our head that maybe it's not ready to come out at that time because oftentimes creativity has a lot to do with, with navigating emotional things that we're sometimes not even aware of.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. I think the subconscious um, plays a large role. I, I, As you know, you know, we've, we've communicated in other media. I, I've got this series that I wrote during lockdown, but I think hardly any of those poems, the, the idea was to try to write 40 poems, because I don't know if you're, you will be aware, as uh, with your Italian heritage, but we get the term quarantine for the Italian word for 40, uh, quaranta, which was the number of days back in the day of the, of the great plague. That was the number of days that a ship had to wait in Venice port um, in quarantine as it were before the before the sailors were allowed to get off board uh, you know off board and, and they could unload the ship that was the original quarantine so 40 I thought I'll try to write 40 poems in the lockdown experience and I kind of managed but very few of them uh, are directly about um, the COVID disease or, or even directly about the quarantine experience, but I do think that my kind of subconscious process and my, my emotional responses to both of those things, the lockdown and the disease, are, are evident as a kind of thread running through it. I hope so, at least. Um, that was the int- I didn't want to go at it head on.
1: And I'm glad you did that, uh, Stephen. And, and one of the reasons why is, and I'm speaking as an editor now, not as a writer, is because I, I got hit with so many COVID poems that I had to turn a lot of stuff away. And I'm like, listen, I I appreciate what you're going through. I'm I'm, I'm going through it my, myself. I got kids. I have to make all kinds of decisions. I had to literally make modifications to my home because of this, this whole situation. But, you know, you're not saying anything new. And the whole point of being creative is you got to have something new. So... If you could do something new about this situation, then send that to me. But if it's just, you know, moaning about that you can't go to the store and you don't have any toilet paper and, and your wife's getting on your nerves, that's happening to all of us. And you did something new, and that's important.
0: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, thank you. That was the intention. I mean, Raphael, as you know, is probably probably a good example of one that's a bit more direct about the um, disease um I did another one called siege Breaker, which was about my wife because uh i I was so um we made a decision at some stage that she was basic one of us would do all of the shopping um you know we would limit and here for the very early part of the lockdown only one person was allowed out of yeah. the house
1: yeah, that's what and we that did
0: too. Mm-hmm. Two, two times a week, so it ended up being my wife, and I was greatly in 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 admiration of her courage in doing that you know and um, so, I, I made a kind of comparison between her and Joan of Arc with her, uh, you know, not putting on her visor to go into battle, but putting on her, uh, you know, her, her mask, uh, her COVID mask to go out. So, I'm trying to find a slightly different angle to it. But then, other ones were just about, you know, a hummingbird that came to, to, the, to the lady's slipper, uh, hang, hanging uh, flower that we've got on the veranda there. But I think there's a sense right? That the COVID is in the background.
1: Yeah, there there is. I know when I read it, I felt the same way. But I, I really liked it. And, and and I'm not telling anybody some any some dark secret over here, folks. But when I nominate poems, and I nominated um that poem for an award, uh, Raphael. Um, I'm often taking poems in, into my mind and into my heart over the course of the year, you know, in in you hoping that. Maybe that poem is gonna be the one that you're gonna do, but sometimes what happens is somebody comes across with something else that it takes your breath away, takes your heart away, or, or just that's what it has to be. And your poem actually did that. I mean I'm just I'm not gonna name somebody that got knocked out, but literally it knocked somebody out I've been holding on for months because sometimes that's what happens in this sort of situation. You want to bring about the best work out there and that's what that poem did. It was a a, a great piece. I I like the whole uh, the whole Catholic uh, imagery and, and all of that. You don't get to uh, see a lot of that in, in writing these days without it being, uh, you know, hokey or, or, or just like plastic. I mean, I, to me, I, I tell people it still has to be art. So if you want to be spiritual or religious, great, but don't forget the art, please, because that's what we're here for. So you, you did a great job of combining all of that together, and it was it was pretty astounding to to have that just about when I was about to make my selections. I think it was like a week and a half before I was about to make all my final selections. And then you come across with that. So it was like, wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's something I didn't realize that. And what an, uh, what a humbling thing to hear somebody say that they take a poem into your poem into their heart. That's a lovely thing to say. And, and it's something that I've only come to realize recently is the, and, and, um, I, I don't know if I find it a responsibility, but it's it's really become for me that relationship that people form with with the things that you put out there can be really really powerful um, sometimes if if you get it right certainly, um, but it's it's pretty humbling.
1: Well, I'm I'm definitely blessed to have had it, and uh, I what I did was because I don't like to second guess myself, but sometimes when I'm doing things of that nature. I think it's a, a, a respect for the other person, even if they don't know they're not being chosen or not, uh, to, to consult with one of my other editors. And I did with my senior editors. And I go, what do you think? And her first thing was, hey, um, why didn't you choose that in the first place? I go, because he just submitted it. What do you mean? <laughs> That's why. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, this is this is definitely it. And so uh, it was great to, to get that, that second nod because I normally don't ask the other editor. I let them make their own selections. I do a few of mine. This way it's sort of fair amongst the staff but in that one I'm like what do you think so you know it, it was it was definitely uh, something we were really uh, proud to put out there and that that's what we want to do because you know it's not a it's not a secret once they put the list out everything is is free to look at on the on the, on the journal so a person could go through all these things and they could see what I've chosen at least they have an idea of that we're trying to think that we're trying to feel that we're trying to send out what we feel is you know the best under the circumstance yeah there might be some other pieces that somebody might feel are equal quality and there probably will be but sometimes in the end it takes takes that something extra special you know to push it over but at least it's out there public for your people to see and, and and I like that i never really get a lot of people uh, upset about that cuz i've seen other magazines before you know that put some things out there and i'm like are you are you serious cuz i just read your magazine i saw like two things i thought would have been a whole lot better so yeah, it's not good to it's have funny, people question it? unless you know they deserve to be questioned i try not to get that question if i can
0: yeah but you have to i mean it's an interesting point you make about um about taste you know that one um um thankfully was to to your taste and spoke to you but of course i i, I i've submitted it elsewhere where be before that it, that it had been rejected and and since then you know you 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 put stuff out there and um, sometimes you get a nice, polite rejection. Sometimes you you just get a rejection um, and then somebody else will come along and say, oh, I, th- I think it's great. Uh, I, uh, we, can we publish it ne- next week? And um, it's a pretty. Uh, be prepared to toughen your skin a little bit and, um, and be ready for those rejections, but have faith that the same thing that one person rejects. Maybe something that another person absolutely loves. And, that's uh,
1: that's really the way it, it works. Uh, when I put together my guidelines for the journal, it's extremely difficult to really get what's in my soul out, no matter how much I try. Because in the end, no matter what I say, it's going to blow up on me. If I try to tell people in my heart, I'd love to get a spiritual, or religious poem that still has art as its center. I'm just going to get ten thousand poems that mention Saint Mary or Jesus all day long. <laughs> And I got nothing wrong with those characters at all, but can we say something different and interesting about them that's respectful and still artful? It's very hard to find. Just like I'd love to get a poem about aliens from space without it sounding crazy, but the minute you put something like that in the guidelines, that's all I'm going to get is UFOs and, you know, the alien impregnated my sister, and I hope I can get cancer from the aliens so I can, you know, cure everybody and. Just, you, you, it goes off the, the, the beaten track really, really fast. So sometimes <laughs> right. you have to allow what you want to see happen just by, by accident, like like Raphael.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah and it's no you accident that you wrote it, but it's an accident that it came to me, and it's an accident that I loved it because it's not something I could have put in the guidelines. Give me Raphael. Who the hell knows what that means? But when I see it, I damn know what it means, you know?
0: Well, that's a, you just said it right there, and, I, and I've had a number of editors um, say exactly the same, often, funnily enough, when rejecting my stuff, but they say, you know, this isn't quite for us. I don't know how to articulate what it is that I'm looking for, but I know it when I see it. Um, and and um, I, I must say, m- most of the editors out there, a lot of them have been really uh, kind, even rejections, and have taken the trouble to you know, spend a few lines and, and give you some personal uh, comments or, or even some encouragement. But they often speak just like you did uh, there, Mark, saying, I, 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 I couldn't write down for you what it is that um, that gets you published in this magazine. I just know it when I see it.
1: I, I wish I could do something more concrete in that regard because I don't like to be evasive or even sound like I am, but that's just simply the God's honest truth. No matter how I put it, and I tried a few times already – uh, some drafts on it. I'm like, oh, that sounds ridiculous. What are they? They don't even know what I'm talking about because I'm not even sure what I'm talking about until it comes across, and, and it, it happens. And sometimes people don't realize the quality of the depth. I had a girl. It wasn't not even, but a couple weeks after I put that list out, she came out with a, a, a series of poems. She hasn't been published very much. She's astounding. I, I mean, I, I, it's like you can't even believe how good she is. And, and I, I can't even see how somebody in the months ahead are going to beat some of the stuff I've seen this girl write. And, and she hasn't even been writing that long. So some things should just happen because the people have a natural uh, a talent or, or possibly uh, they have a better connection to themselves because that's, that's definitely a part of it as well. And and maybe yeah. she's just practicing more. It's hard to know the recipe. But I you can always tell because something, when you read it, it just lifts off the page or in this case the screen it comes to life sometimes it even smacks you in the head you know and and, and, yeah. and in this particular case this is a girl that has a different sexual orientation a different culture that you normally are not used to seeing on on page and you put it all together and it's like man what, what this what an arrangement if you could yeah. write somebody out to do something like that that would be incredible but and again that's that's one of god's creatures that's a unique person, and somehow they were able to still, in that moment, a unique set of poems. I wish lots of people could do that, but she did it.
0: Yeah, but you know, I, I you're right. The standard out there is, is, um, well, frankly, it's, it's quite intimidating at times. And um, I, I think all, all of the magazines uh, that I've sent material out to, they, they say to you. Um, you know, do have a look at the stuff that we've published because it'll give you a better, a better, um, our aesthetic, our 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 um, literary and artistic philosophy. And you don't often have a lot of time, but I try to do it uh, when when I can. And um, it is intimidating. I, I I think I think especially because. Um, a lot of it is very different from my own writing, and we all tend to look at people doing things that, that we couldn't do and think, wow, how cool is that? I wish I, wish I could do that. Um, but you you got to not be intimidated, I think, and keep, and keep putting, putting your stuff out. I got, some lovely, I got some lovely feedback the other day from a, a guy I sent the whole manuscript, you know, the whole 40 poems to, and he, he really took some time. He gave me some encouragement that he liked. He he liked, uh, you know, um, in general, but he found it a little self-conscious and a little poetical. And he's right. You know, um, my thing with the the sonnet and and the relatively some structures there, I think that's good feedback for me. But it is probably me um, uh, and and uh, I'll probably struggle to change that some people on the other hand will 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 find that uh, and he said this in his feedback he says some people are going to love that but it's not for me it's not it's not what i'm looking for so um, it's horse, horses for courses but yeah the stand the standard is generally very very high out there
1: well i encourage writers to to do some basic research as much as they can but uh, i i'm not in the school of thinking and i i confer with editors all the time privately just most of them don't like to mention that they confer with me because I'm a little more outspoken than most of them are. But uh, they, they they say the same thing. They, they go, yeah, we say that, but, you know, we don't really know if that's going to confer a real feeling. of. I'm like, It really doesn't. So you could look at a magazine and read it cover to cover uh, or even look at their site and, and read really, it uh, from one page to the other and still not get a real gist of what they're trying to do. I, I don't really think that it, it, it helps a, a person. It might just be as much as of a hit and miss as it is when when someone just writes something that happens to be really good versus other times where it doesn't really uh you know reach the mark. So I, I don't ever put that in my own guidelines because I don't personally believe it as a writer. So I don't do a lot of that that kind of reading because it doesn't make any sense to me. Because when I read it, I, I wind up making jokes. Really, I got to sound like a, a boring suburban girl. This is your idea of what I'm supposed to submit to you. I'm not from the suburbs and I'm not a girl. So what does this mean? Don't send to you at all? Because I I don't understand what you're actually the message you're telling me then. So the style that they say that they're accepting, I'm not even sure if they understand what they're accepting.
0: Yeah, I mean, lots of them are really good with their guidelines. Some take uh, pernickety to uh, all sorts of uh, levels. You know, it's got to be in this font, and it's got to be um, double-spaced, and it's... uh, and well you know if you don't follow the and there's about eight different criteria and if you don't follow everyone to the letter they they tell you quite clearly that it, it won't be read it'll be put in the bin but others i think most of them are, are, are really good and and open-minded and they they're fairly open about the fact that you know they'll know it when they sit they want different like you were saying earlier mark they, they want something that's fresh that's creative that 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 gives uh, a moment for pause um yeah, I, I use the, the Duotrope uh, engine. Do you know that? I,
1: I do. I'm, I'm on that myself, actually, for Aerial Chart.
0: Yeah. I mean, I find that quite useful to filter publishers and uh, and try to they, – they do quite a, lot, a nice little quick synopsis for each publication. It gives you a, an insight into, into what they're kind of um, looking for, and so you don't actually have to go to the magazine itself. Usually I do, um, but you can, you can filter by style, by theme, and, and – it saves you some rejections, I think, that maybe you can you can target your stuff at people that it, might be... It, it
1: could. We don't re- we don't really know. I, I tell people, because I'm editor myself, respectfully, you want to try to do as much research and investigation as you can possibly do. You don't want to send things cold, and God forbid you just sent a, a straight poem to a gay magazine or a guy poem to a girl magazine, because that stuff is just not pardonable at all. You shouldn't be doing that. You should at least know where you're sending it to. But I also remind them that, you know... You don't want to go too far either, because in the end, the truth is you're only going to be able to gain so much knowledge about what they're doing. You're still gambling. You just don't want to do something that's unforgivable. You know, like you're sending a a, a a a poem about yourself and you're not black to a magazine that says we 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 generally just want black writers. It's just dumb to do that. That's really not doing your homework. But beyond beyond that sort of basic stuff, you you're only going to learn so much. And a lot of times it is. It is a gamble, and, and I'm okay with that. I tell people all the time, I don't mind you, you gambling, send it to me. I don't mind reading it. That's what we do. It's not really a, it's not really a problem. It's just very difficult to know in the end if you're going to be able to, you know, fit in what we're trying to do. So I, I try to, I actually actively try to publish more people than not. It just doesn't always work because lots of times I have to. A lot of the editors won't admit this, but I do. A lot of times I have to go by content more than anything else because I get a lot of people that write very well. That's great, but they're not writing anything that's to me that's interesting or anything that's inspiring anything that's moving you it, and it 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 just seems flat, it just seems like they're going by the numbers. If it's technically wonderful, it doesn't mean that it's going to be interesting, so they still have to have a heart and a soul in there, and that's a lot of the problem with American writing these days you know we we become an empire. Uh, of, of greatness, but uh, you know, at, at our center, we've lost a little of our way and even some of our soul. So I, I ask the writers to try to get that back because being being grammatically correct and being fabulous is not the same thing as just being being moving. I get lots of writers that are not wonderful, but they write so well that I publish them just because this is something that's saying something that it's going to make a connection. Mm-hmm. And if you can't make a connection, it don't matter how brilliant you are, it's not going to work for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I went through. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed that has friend in poetry recently is so much of it is written in the first person. Um, and I don't know whether this is a comment on kind of the the, the way that the world has become. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna be careful what I say here, but dare I say it more more egocentric um, than than perhaps previous times. And um, and almost to the extent of self-absorption at, at times. Um, I, I do write in the first person from time to time, but I try to make sure that I am if I do, I'm not the star of the show. Um, uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Is that something that you, you recognize in, in the, the work that you're reading?
1: I, I do, and I give some people some latitude on it only because uh, maybe I have a different philosophy than you, but I recognize that, Literature, even a 100 years ago, going backward, oftentimes uh, they didn't have societies that was really pushing the individual to be the individual. Oftentimes, writers were navigating all kinds of prejudices and all kinds of things that they couldn't even really uh, uh, express in the way they wanted to do. So using the second or the third person and, and, and couching things and in, in metaphor and, and, and simile was necessary if not for their physical survival, for for the literature to even be produced or, or, or published, where we have a, a, a world now, especially in America, where it pushes the individual. And unfortunately, we can a little get carried away with that and can be narcissistic. Don't get me wrong. But I give the folks the latitude that maybe that self-exploration is 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 an important hallmark of, of the 21st century. Like anything, we just can't get carried away with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, say it before. At the end of the day, you've got to make a connection. You've got, you got to try, hopefully, try to say something. Um, if not universal, then 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 something that, that that people with and and feel a sense of recognition with, and and that they'll they'll maybe pause on. The other the other thing I notice about um, a lot of modern poetry, which I really admire, and because again, I can't do it. I, it's not it's not. I'm not very good at it. Is it's incredibly visual, um, and and not necessarily even in the form of uh, what what you and I would recognise as similes or metaphors. Just like a series of of images and very powerful uh, images, and and quite often very uh, quite ambiguous in terms of uh, a, a context or an understanding of what's what's really going on here, but still. You know i enjoy it it's it, it, it's powerful and it, it's definitely saying something important it's just a, a style that's not within my my current toolkit i don't think
1: no i understand i don't do very much of it myself maybe just because i'm older but i recognize it and i've seen it more and more i, I think it probably has something to do with the affinity of of, of motion pictures and, and the visuals we see on our phone or on our computers and yeah. everything else it probably has a real direct result to that it, it's probably in many ways the new avant-garde just to do it that way because you know a john ashbury wouldn't write that way he would write in where he's using the language in a colorful and interesting way and not be so visual now it's it's almost all visual when they're doing that
0: yeah i i, I can let your listeners know um a dark secret about you mark because I, I know i know you don't you, you know you use the visual approach very much because you never use an emoji it's like a policy with you i think is that that right
1: i i'm just i I guess i'm just a little more old-fashioned i I try to use (laughs) the technology to what i can use it for and not go beyond it because i'd rather just save my time for my family and 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 for my writing even though i I got i got children that are practically computer experts and all they do is is make fun of me why are you doing this you know my my favorite one why are you doing tiktok and 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 doing a poem on that mark oh lord so I, I, I that's the kind of stuff I hear on a regular basis.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't even have TikTok. Yeah, well, I don't even have TikTok on my phone. I'm like, why am I going to use something I don't oh. even have?
0: Are you crazy? No, I don't even know what it, it is. It, it just gives me headaches when I've got my my day job on. <laughs> so. Uh, it's a- my my daughter is supposed to be my market. You know, because as you say, young people are, are so literate with all of these different things, Twitter and Instagram and all that, which I don't really interact with at all. But uh yeah, you know, she's just as busy as I am. She's in her last year of of, of school now and um, and uh, hasn't really m- managed to do much more. So I'm still with the the Fuddy daddies uh, medium of Facebook. As you know, I, I put out the occasional well not, not occasional. I, I most of my poems I do a little reading of and give people a little background. And sometimes I get you know a couple a couple of hundred people have a look at those, which is which is a, a great blessing really.
1: Well, my son is convinced, and um, we'll see. Uh, this TikTok app, it's all over the world now. It basically, it's like a Facebook, but all it is is a series of videos that people put out. That's it. Crazy stuff sometimes, sometimes funny stuff, sometimes even useful stuff. He's convinced that if he could record me doing a show, people will be so fascinated by that that maybe they'll listen to my show more. And I'm telling them, I'm an old Italian guy. Nobody cares to see it. I'm not saying anything that's controversial. I mean, unless it's literary controversial. It's not anything I... People are going to be going up in the, on the streets about. And, and, I, and I go, I, I don't really see the point over here. So he thinks hey, it's going to work. So I, I said, I'll do it for an experiment one day if you, if you really think that's going to do something. But we're probably just going to have a laugh as like three people watch it and two of them are probably elderly women.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, well, my, 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 my daughter takes photographs. of the. We, we like food in our family. We're a bit foodie. Um, and... Um, if we make something nice, she'll take a photograph of it and upload that on Instagram, and she gets tens of thousands of people viewing that. Um, you know, I, I think we can only dream of that for poetry marketing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's convinced it could work, but I don't like I'm like, I'm not even on YouTube because I'm not even convinced that works. This is an audio show. There's a reason for that. I don't want to be looked at on any kind of basis. And guess what? I have a lot of writers that they're not interested in that either. They just want to be regular people doing their thing. Uh, doing their writing and, and maybe getting some exposure this way and that's all great and everything but no one's looking to doll themselves up and you know brush their hair for for a show so i kind of like it that way
0: yeah yeah i agree you know what i i, I must say I'm, I'm i'm so proud my my, my daughter is going to go to university to study uh literature and uh, she's uh the bug because it's it's not a huge club that we're in with this um this passion that we've all got for language and literature it's and not, poetry. It's um, not, yep. it's, it's, it's I, hope, I hope it's an inclusive uh, church that we're in, but it's a pretty small one. So I'm, I'm really, um, really very chuffed that she is uh, definitely one, one of our brethren, and uh, she's going to have a great time at, uh, at university studying some wonderful art.
1: Well, that is exciting. It really is. Uh, my son wants to be a zoologist, so he's going about as far away from writing as you can, I guess
0: all right yours are both footballers i seem to recall yes yes
1: both are in soccer both of them won the essay contest for their schools so at least they got that part done and made me feel proud about that but you know i never pushed them beyond that i just want to know that it's around know the arts are around so we do a lot of artistic things as a family but just for they they know when they grow up they can be more well-rounded but you know they do whatever they want to do the little one doesn't have any idea what he wants to do but the one in high school now he's he wants to be a zoologist so that's that's pretty fun and exciting. Animals are yeah, important. And believe it or not, there's not a lot of people going into zoology either. So he's going to have a great time doing that.
0: Yeah, it's competitive, though. Those that do go into it, yeah, you have to have, um, It's certainly in, in, in the U.K. and elsewhere where I've been, you need good grades because um, there's not that many spaces. And it's very expensive for the universities to provide it. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm sure he's working hard. Oh
1: yeah, we, we expect he's going to get a scholarship. They have a lot of them in America here especially and uh, uh, we're not really worried about the grades. Believe it or not, that sort of thing is more to do with building a scholarship resume. So they, they they don't want to know how many a's you have. They want to know uh, what have you done over these last four or five years to get you ready to be dealing with animals. So and he fosters the parents animals, he feeds them, he, he does a donation drives. he does uh, he painted the, the animal uh, shelter. <laughs> with a bunch of friends, things like that, things in the community that he can do that's real, that shows that, and he's also done some advanced courses already, and he's still in high school. So those are the things that will set you apart from anybody else because it, I guess they've seen the A's before, and it doesn't mean anything because uh, probably just like writing, you know, you, you got to have more than a brain. you got to have a little heart and soul there too.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. He's
1: doing all that, so we're happy. It keeps him help. busy and out of trouble.
0: Yeah, much to my my surprise, some of, some of my recent poems have been um, quite nature and environment oriented. I wrote one about walruses recently. Another one entitled Orchid, um, Lady Slipper. I think you you saw did you did you
1: Yes, yeah, you know? uh, yes. I, I I I published that. And uh,
0: yeah, that was a sexy. Little yeah,
1: <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to mention that to you because it's kind of funny. I I tell people. And I think I mentioned it briefly in the guidelines. I said, listen, folks, I'm not a prude. I don't mind profanity. And I don't even mind sexuality. I just don't, I just don't like graphic stuff. I just won't put that out. It, it offends too many people that, that read the publication. I'm not exactly comfortable with it myself. Quite frankly, if you're being creative, you can make all kinds of suggestions. What I have to go that far. That's part of your, your job as being a creative person. That's my feeling on Great. it, you know. So I had, I had a lady, she goes, uh, Mark, I can't believe this guy wrote Vagina. And I go, yeah, but he had it in a different context, so it worked out fine, so I'm all right with that. And, and she goes, yeah, I guess that's true. But literally, she brought it up to my attention. So folks, they, they read and they, they look for that. And Because uh, I had, uh, what was it, about? I think about two and a half years ago, I, I published a French poet that was pretty graphic. I had to take it down because I had like people they were literally like practically trying to call me on the on, on the phone here about oh that's just too much this and that. By 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 the time it was over with, I must have lost like two thousand people that were that were reading the magazine because they were so mad. So I had <laughs> to like, go oh yeah I can't do this anymore. People they're just not gonna go for that. I didn't think it was that graphic, but I knew it had some graphic qualities to it. So I've kind of toned that down now, and and people have been okay with that. I tell people it's okay. You want to give me a poem that's gay? I don't care. You just don't get graphic. That's all. And people are okay with that. And that's been working just fine
0: now. Yeah, well, I'll tell you who's the prude, really, because um, it's just a little eight-line uh, poem about about the, the lady slipper orchid. But it does have the, the word vagina in it. And, and as I say, I, I normally... Will do a little Facebook um, video for my reading of of my poems, and the first people to look at them my family, bless them. I've got a I've got a large and very supportive family, but I didn't I didn't do one for that because I was terrified my mother would read it. I just.
1: Yeah, I can, I can imagine <laughs> what the heck.
0: Of course, eventually when she did read it, she she actually really loved it and um and thought it was you know yeah she she was very supportive about it and gave me a hard time for being such a prude, quite rightly. <laughs> well, I,
1: did, I just thought it was funny because uh, it was in good taste, it, it was in good context, it worked out. But I, I even when I re, even when I read it, I'm like, oh god, if someone's gonna say something, I'm sure. But otherwise, <laughs> I think I'm fulfilling my own my own philosophy and guidelines, so I'm gonna publish this. Uh, I had to get the network permission because I had, and this is a funny. I had an interview with somebody uh, about a um, almost a year ago, and and the first thing she said, she's a 68 year old woman. She goes, Mark, you know, I, I wanted to do. Uh, a whole interview uh, uh, about my vagina. And I'm like, um, you you realize that we're a literary show. I try not to miss a beat here because I try not to be too shocked when people say things to me. And I said, you know, we are a literary show. She goes, but but you remembered you published that and it was all about my vagina. I go, yes, because the way you wrote about it and and how uh, an operation of that sort could possibly maybe affect a woman and how she feels about her femininity And maybe even about her proudness going forward in the marriage. Well, those seem to me to be very natural things. And, and, and of course, tasteful things. And and probably educational things. I go, but I'm not really sure how we put that on the podcast without sounding like a bunch of nuts. So she goes, I'll I'll figure that out. So I'm like, okay. I ask the uh, network. I go, because, you know, they don't want me to curse. They don't like people cursing, which is a strange uh, phenomenon here. Because you could talk about killing 19,000 people. They're okay with that, but if you say a curse word, they, they have a heart attack. I said, "Are we okay saying vagina?" They go, "Yeah, you just can't say the other word." I'm like, "Okay, good." So I got permission. She did the show. It was um a lot of vagina, but uh, it was a respectful and educational, and it, it turned out to be a real big hit. <laughs> yeah. Who knew?
0: Well, I, I, I has to push some boundaries.
1: I know, but when I'm when I'm thinking of stuff, and I'm gonna this leads to my next question. When I'm thinking about stuff and I'm waking up, I'm not thinking about, you know, I cannot wait to do the show about the vagina from the 68-year-old woman. It's just, it's just not on my bucket list, okay? Just like I'm wondering, how do you just say, I got, I'm going to do a poem about Satan? How did that come about?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's – you know, there, there's quite a, a logical process in that because uh, how it went was I had read about Raphael, who's one of the three arch- archangels. Yep. And so I was doing some research into the other two because I thought it might be fun to do, um, to do a kind of triptych, you know, uh, uh, kind of like you, you, you get on church altars often things in threes, don't you? Um, yeah. Three, three icons or that kind of thing. And it was, it was in the course of of, of reading about one of the others, I think Gabriel, that I, that I, I, you know, how you, you know, how you get launched to another page, and then suddenly I, I found myself, um. Yeah, with Satan, and of course, fascinating character, and, and one much um, you know much written about Dante's Inferno and um, Milton's Paradise Lost. So there was there's some lit- literary allusions in it, but um, yeah, some absolutely fascinating stuff. Um, I, I found the this um, I don't know if you saw the video yet, but there's the, the, I found in in one text in a Muslim t- there's an encounter. An Islamic text. There's an encounter between Jesus and Satan, and Satan is holding some honey and ash in his hand. And, and Jesus says to him, "Why are you holding uh, honey and ash?" And and Satan replies, "Honey for my victims' backs, so my backbiters will not miss their marks. Ashes for the lips of orphans, so they will be despised." And I'm like, you know, as a as a poet, you find this stuff out there. It's, just so powerful and um, you managed to try you know make make something of it and work it into your poem so um, yeah a really fascinating character because of course he was an angel Satan was an angel who was who tried to to lead the rebellion and then was uh, was expelled from there's, there's so much in it yeah I
1: I, I, I could see the creative uh,
0: but that was the creative
1: yeah I can see the creative juices and I was just kind of I was just kind of wondering because it just came to my mind like you know when I'm thinking about stuff, he's not normally somebody I'm thinking about. Even even yeah, though, even well, though can... lately in America, I'm wondering if he's in charge. But other than that, <laughs> you know, uh, you, have, you have to you have to be wondering. I kept saying to myself, uh, you know, maybe we should just bring this up on the show quickly because I'm I'm just I'm just really curious.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, you know, poems are there to be interpreted. Uh, I better not comment on on whether there's any alternate uh intentions there it's it, poems poems there to to be uh understood on its on its own level by whoever reads it i guess
1: but yeah i remember when you it mentioned a lot, of
0: fun, I, a lot of fun i remember you mentioned yet. it I about to a town. week
1: and a half ago about it, i remember you mentioned it. i've been saying about it. i gotta ask you yeah. about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> i went to town on the consonant sounds in it you know I, I quite like using sound in my poems. so it's full of it's full of f's and 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 plosive uh consonant sounds so um and it came quickly sign for me if a poem um comes to reality reasonably quickly um those have tended to be the stronger ones because i I like i write a a lot of rubbish as well mark
1: (laughs) everybody does and and that's okay notes could be rubbish but you'd be surprised how many good things you get out of it It just takes a little bit of time like like anything else you know it's like it's like going to a park with your metal detector uh, you, you're gonna get some coins, but it's gonna take a while. You, you got to cover a lot of ground. That's no different than writing or anything else. You, you got to put the work in if you expect to get something out.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. I, I had uh, interestingly last night. I was with my daughter at the table, and we she's preparing for this particular university, and it's going to be a tough one to to get into. And she has a special exam to do for them where she will compare. Uh, two pieces of writing. She's already decided in, in her mind it'll be two poems. And um, it's it's interesting because the diversity um, is obviously looking for a, a, a slightly different type of student, a more insightful uh, look. And one of the things that I'm having to teach her is actually to recognize bad poetry. We spend a lot of time, um, I'm an English teacher by trade, by the way, and, and uh, because time is short with students uh, at, at school, you want them to experience the best stuff, and we put lots of great poetry in front of them, you know, Heaney and Larkin and Shakespeare and all the all the greats. But it's really important that um, a, a, an appreciator of poetry can recognise a bum note when one sounded, or, or, or recognise a cliche when when it's foist upon us. And she she hasn't really been trained in that. Something that I'm having to um, to go over with her and and, um, and help her to have that that little alarm bell that rings and goes no that's that's not right.
1: Uh, I tell you, I wish we can use her for a month because after she read 300 of our submissions, she'll know right away what's good <laughs> and bad. Trust me, <laughs> you won't have to be an expert; You'll, it'll suddenly come to you.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Then you read back through your own stuff and you you hear a couple of bum notes yourself and. Uh, Um, I I am a a constant redrafter, I I, I do go back through my stuff sometimes just to order it because this later series I I want there to be some connections between the poems and so I have to reacquaint myself with them and then sometimes a moment of shame where you you go back to a poem and realise it's not half as good as you thought it was at the time or or you realise that this line or that one needs a bit of buffing up. but I think that's okay, you know, to go back to stuff and 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 keep working on it and, and buffing it and improving it. No, I I don't I don't think there's
1: any problem with it. And, and to a certain extent, you know, I, I, I folk, tell folks they should do that. I just also remind people it's it's just like a child. There's a point where you got to let them go to be who they are, even if that means that they're going to be an idiot for a little while, because that's the only where they're going to learn. And sometimes we have to do that too. Because I had an essay I, I rewrote 27 times. And guess what? I still yeah. I still look at it to this day and go, I think this thing sucks. But there's a point <laughs> after 27 times where I, I, either it, it's no good or I just need to leave it alone because I keep messing with it too much. Where I have plenty of other pieces where I don't want to mess with it. So there's a point where we have to. I don't I don't say give up, but just let go.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I I remember one of these podcasts you you saying exactly that that you know don't don't do it to death. You know it's it's good to go over it and produce something that's that's your very best effort, but then you've got to let it go and i I do try to listen to that advice, but like I say I'm having this interesting experience because i'm because I want to keep to the forty I'm knocking poems out, which is just almost like locking your own child out <laughs> it's a It's a really difficult thing to do, but some of my later stuff has definitely been stronger than than stuff that was earlier on in the series and you're having to decide, you know, which is my worst poem, which is not a very pleasant kind of an editing process to go through.
1: And it it never is, but I I think it's a pretty common practice because I I think oftentimes it'll it'll show uh, not only progress, but it might just show where you connected and where you you didn't connect. Because sometimes folks don't really take that enough into account. You know, they sit there for a year practicing, doing this and doing that. And they're like, I really can't tell if my talent has improved or not. And and sometimes it's not really about talent because talent sometimes is just a vehicle. It's about did you drive to the right place or not? Because, you know, you could be a great driver and be lost versus being a great driver and getting to your destination on on time and, and correctly. So really, it's about connection. And this is really what we have to struggle with is it's not trying to be the greatest writer, but trying to have that kind of connection. Because once we do, that's when we know that that's a work that even with a little bit of tinkering, is gonna it's going to stand the test of time. It's the other things that we don't connect that we get mad about, and we think they stink. But I don't really think they stink. It's just that it hasn't connected yet. It might never, or maybe you come back to it one day. But it's all the things that connected, they seem to make the most sense, and they wonder being our, our best work.
0: Yeah, see, that's in, that's interesting because um, I, I I love Billy Collins' stuff. I don't know about you, but um, and he does he does a, a daily Facebook thing that I would uh, from his um, from his study, which I would highly recommend to people. Uh, he's he's very engaging. Him and his wife are a riot. Um, but he I, I never really start a poem until I know where it's going to finish, and I'm I'm a bit of an um advocate for the big finish I, I, I often my poems will finish with with a bit of a bang and i need to know before i start really where that's what that's going to be or, or what that point is uh that i'm looking to reach you know your driving a- analogy there he has a t- totally different approach where he, he, he you know he's obviously got a, a process that he's worked out over many many years where if i sat billy Colin, collins down here now and said write a poem about that water jug there he would and he would he would be able to start and take it somewhere fascinating and interesting um and and, and give give uh, give us a new spin on it but that's not my talent i i would have to sit here for a long time and work out you know first where, where my destination was
1: and you're right that 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 is an entirely different way of going about things certainly not the way i do it i'm actually a little closer to what you do a, a diff, different spin on it, but it's closer to your philosophy than than what he would do. I, I never try to to judge or mock a, another way a, a person wants to do things because lots of it has to do with our own emotional well-being, and some of it has to do with some of the established rituals that we feel comfortable with that allows us to write in the first place. I mean, we have to have some sort of set of them. Some of them are even very superstitious about it, but it's how people can, can engage in the arts, and, and that's... And that's okay, and sometimes that really dictates how how we do things. But I really think that in the end, no matter what philosophy or other angle we we actually go to, the poems that that reach up and smack the reader, whether it's in a, in a violent fashion or in a, in a gentle fashion, are the ones that have made some kind of true connection to what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. That's my that's the goal, isn't it? To try to well, is it, is it too ambitious to try to say found, or, or at least a, I use the phrase I, I did earlier to try to give a reader pause for thought? Um, and if you can get them rereading it, maybe as a poet, especially of a, a shorter form like a sonnet, then you, you probably made a decent pass at it.
1: Yeah, and I, and I and I agree with that. You'd be surprised, and you're probably one of the more higher-educated folks that we've had that submits in the magazine. But I've had to spend a, a, a long time having to turn down people who are, you know, heads of, of their departments and professors and, and tenured folks and sending me stuff that is absolute rubbish. And I'm like, I thought you were a professor of English. you got to be kidding me with this stuff. Who are you trying to impress? Are you trying to pick up one of the students for a date? Because I don't know what you're trying to do over here. But not only has this been done before, it's boring and it's trite. I, I thought you were going to be doing something that was going to be deeply inspiring or at least something that would be interesting. So you, you get a lot of folks that they're good on word arrangement, but that's not the same thing as art.
0: Yeah, yeah, trite to, try to is a good word. Yeah, I mean, another thing that works for me, two other things quickly that work for me. One one is making sure that I'm reading poetry. Um, it, it just seems to be, uh, you know, like, like doing push-ups and sit-ups and, and clocking the miles for an athlete. You know, you need to... You need to exercise that muscle that that certainly helps and the other thing I in, in a few days we're going to post go and I will go to we'll go to the same house and I will go to the same hammock with the same view and I, I know that is a good space for me and, and it has produced some good well it has produced some poetry I'll, I'll let others ju- judge whether they're good or not but I know that that place um, Gets my juices flowing a a little bit, so that that also works. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I I I definitely understand what you're saying. I I did a show on that about rituals. I even wrote an article about it. So it's something I personally believe in, and that that's one of the things you just discovered. That's one of your rituals going to that place. Some people have a a number of different things they do. People should try to find those out, and then realize over the course of time that's going to change. I mean. Where you're at right now geographically, you might not be there five years from now. You might have to get a different set of rituals. We all move and change and do things, but what we find in the meantime, they, they should try to service what we're trying to do creatively as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and while you're on a roll, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. keep on it because yeah, I, I've got this thing going at the moment, as you know, and and uh, it's a, it's an absolute blessing. I don't really, I guess it came from the pandemic. You know, a lot of my stuff has got has got issues to do with our, our mortality um, underpinning it. but um, if I leave it for two or three weeks you know there's the, there's the fear that you go back to the well and it's dry. so um, I'm, I'm very much aware of that of trying to, that's why I'm saying I'm looking forward to going down to the coast because I haven't written anything for 10, 10 days or so and uh, and I don't want to push my luck.
1: Uh, I hear you. I, I'm, I'm always writing. Uh, I, I write a weekly column, so that's, at least if I don't do anything that week, I'm doing at least a column. So, I'm always having to do something. It kind of helps it helps me keep uh, on top of things and stay a little fresh, you know, and of course lately I, I've been having to write more about non-fiction, ethical things about uh, my country and my elections and everything else, so I've been uh, focused on that. I'm sort of uh, looking forward to it to be over with next week so I can kind of go to a, a different tact. For the rest of the year because oh, writing this uh, for the last couple the, months has been kind of draining
0: yeah well I think I'm pretty sure you've got 26 hours in your day compared to the rest of us with uh, that with our 24 mark judging by your output but my worry is of course that it's not over on November 4th and that we've got a uh, we've got some some time with uh, which could be even more stressful than we're going what we're going through now but Hey ho, I don't have a silver, I don't have a a, a crystal ball any more than you do. Let's hope for the best. I
1: I definitely don't, but I got a feeling if it goes the way it could go, it's not really something I'm going to be wasting my time writing about. I think I'm just going to have to, you know, stand firm and and go from there until it uh, resolves itself because it's it's America. It's not going to last forever. Everything we do is quite disposable. People haven't realized it or not, whether it's our leaders or our policies or our laws. Or or even our, our soft drinks, it, it it all don't last forever. So we'll come up with something new. <laughs> we always do. Yeah,
0: yeah, you, you, you do. You're you're resilient. I I, I know. And uh, yeah, we we missed you a little bit. I think you know. Um, let's 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 see.
1: Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it one sorry. or the other. Stephen, I really thank you for coming on board over here and, and, and sort of sharing a bit of your life and, and your writing, your, your philosophy, some of the things that you're doing. I think I hear a bird in the background, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I like to think it's coming from some yeah. deep forest somewhere and it's colorful or something, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably just imagining that.
0: <laughs> no, no, I came into school. I'm, 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 I'm blessed. To, I've got, we've got a beautiful campus here, um, and uh, but... Yeah, we're in the tropics, so uh, the birds are a bit noisy, ah. but uh, I thought it quieter. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, Mark, um, uh, both uh, on air, as it were, now and a little chat beforehand, because we've, uh, we've exchanged a few texts over a, a period now, so it's, it's good to speak in person and, um, and shoot the breeze
1: it is and, and thank you uh, so much for being on there that's Stephen Lang folks uh, 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 definitely a, a writer you need to be looking for I know he's trying to put together his next project and, and that next book I, I like to think in, in faith uh, without trying to scare him that you know next next year it will come out and, and we'll, all, we'll all enjoy some of the new things he's come out with but you've seen some of the stuff already on, on Aerial Chart from Stephen Lang we nominated him uh, read Raphael you'll, you'll see the reason why and I'm sure there's more work to, to come from that. All right, folks. And Stephen, thank you very much. Until next time, this is Mark Anthony Rossi, Strength to be human.
0: Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.